In the second year that Father Ross and I were at Mount Angel Seminary together, we had to spend three hours in a car each Sunday driving to and from our ministry assignment in Vancouver, Washington. That year, I also became enamored with the Myers-Briggs Type Indicator, one of the most popular personality type indicators. And I would talk about it with anyone who would listen, including Father Ross for three hours in a car on a Sunday. But the more I talked about Myers-Briggs, the more Father Ross would push back. Eventually, when I started asking him questions aimed at ferreting out his personality type, he said he didn't want to talk about it anymore. Why? I asked. His response was, because I don't like being put in a box. Well, do you know who else does not like being put in a box? Jesus. Jesus does not like being put in a box. Just look at our gospel. Do you think that I have come to establish peace on the earth? No, I tell you, but rather division. Despite the fact that this Bible passage has been around just as long as the rest of the gospel, I would wager that most of us are in the habit of thinking that Jesus did, in fact, come to establish peace on the earth. Peace is sort of a thing with which Jesus is commonly associated. And yet, there it is in black and white. Do you think that I have come to establish peace on the earth? No, I tell you, but rather division. My friends, I am not going to explain this passage away for us. These are the words of Jesus himself, and we should take them seriously. If they challenge the box we have put Jesus into, we should engage with that challenge and not write it off. Plus, it is very clear from world history that Jesus is not being metaphorical here. History is very consistent. Every time missionaries bring the gospel to a new country or culture, it only takes a small amount of time before the authorities of that place begin working to completely eradicate the Christian faith. In our liturgical calendar, for example, we have days dedicated to martyrs from ancient Palestine, the Roman Empire, Gaul, barbarian Germany, Japan, Korea, Vietnam, North America, and Africa. Today, new martyrs are being crowned every year by the dozens or more in the Middle East and East Asia. And these are just the people who die for their faith. In every neighborhood and every country, including here in Bellingham, you can find converts to Christianity who will describe how their journey to Jesus and the Church has divided their families and set them against siblings and parents and children. Even if I wanted to spiritualize the words of Jesus away, reality would contradict me. Jesus really does bring division. Why?
Why? Jesus is the one who told us to pray for our enemies and to forgive our brothers before laying our gifts at the altar. Jesus is the one who founded the church in which St. Paul said there was no more division between Jew and Greek, slave and free. So it is hard to believe that Jesus desires division. Instead, we might say that what Jesus is doing here is stating a fact. Wherever he goes, whether he wants it or not, division will follow. And that division will divide even those who live in the same household. Fathers and sons, mothers and daughters, mothers-in-law and daughters-in-law. Again, why? Why does Jesus bring division? As best as I can tell, Jesus brings division because he forces us to confront the division that already runs through every one of our hearts. After our first parents sinned in the garden, the world became marked by the corruption of sin, and each of us is born into this corruption, bearing its brand. In Western Christianity, we call this original sin. Original sin numbs us to evil and allows us to treat evil as normal and acceptable. Original sin blinds us to the full goodness that God intended for creation in the beginning and weakens our zeal for justice and righteousness. In short, original sin establishes a status quo where good and evil coexist in our hearts and we don't even realize it. This is why secular morality, which refuses to admit the existence of personal sin, is so scary to me. Just be a nice person is not a dictum that takes seriously the great evil which dwells in every heart or the great good which we so often allow to lie dormant. Now enter Jesus. Jesus is God the creator of the universe, the source of all goodness. And not only is Jesus God, but Jesus is the God who exemplifies self-sacrifice to such a degree that he emptied himself, taking the form of a slave, that he humbled himself, becoming obedient to death, even death on a cross. Jesus upends the status quo, Jesus forces us to confront the fact that our hearts are divided and that good and evil cannot coexist. Jesus forces us, finally, to make a choice. But this choice brings division because not all of us are ready to choose Jesus and the good. When we struggle to choose Jesus, it is often because Jesus compels us to give up something that we love. Maybe our materialism, maybe our promiscuousness, maybe our licentiousness, maybe our selfish use of time or money, maybe our comfort, maybe our autonomy, maybe the anger and unforgiveness that we find so satisfying. Whatever it is, 
Jesus removes the peace of the status quo, and he lays bare the choice each of us must make. After being confronted with Jesus, good and evil are never content simply to coexist again. And this is why Christianity is often met with persecution. A heart that gives itself to vice does not want to be continually confronted with a call to conversion. It wants to find peace in its vice. But wherever Jesus is, even and especially in the example of those followers who image him, he will always convict us of our sins and call us to conversion. So a heart that has chosen vice will always want to wipe out Christianity from itself, either by ignoring Christianity or maligning Christianity or going after Christianity with the sword. And this is because such a heart believes that without Christianity, the peace of the previous status quo, the peace of the coexistence between good and evil might return. But it never does. Jesus did not come to establish peace. He came to establish division. My brothers and sisters in Christ, it is clear to me that when we put Jesus in a box, that is never the real Jesus. Because the Jesus of our boxes never compels us to make a choice. The Jesus who is just a super nice guy is so boring and uncontroversial that he can simply be ignored and always is. The Jesus who aligns perfectly with my personal political beliefs is a God who is made in my image, not a God who challenges the divisions of my heart. The real Jesus, on the other hand, is the Jesus who constantly challenges us, who continually surprises us. The real Jesus is the one who will always reveal the different ways we have continued to compromise with sin. The one who will always call us to greater holiness. The real Jesus, the one who reveals all things, divides us because we are already divided. And then, the real Jesus compels us to make a choice.